Today on Locked on Dolphins, a look at some of the way too early 2024 NFL draft prospects that have caught my eye as I have begun to do my player evaluations for Athlon Sports. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting, a decade-long draft neck, former director of scouting at the Draft Network, and your host here. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day because it is your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it. Here on the Locked On Network, today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We are coming out of the bye week, but the way that we usually do this in season programming here on this show, Monday is post game. Tuesday is film review on offense and defense from the coaches film of the game that just happened. And Wednesday starts the new opponent. So we got a little bit of time on our hands here. <laughs> and we're going to use the time to do uh, an NFL draft prospect show today. And then we're going to do power to the pod tomorrow before Wednesday. We, we turn our eyes to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I included my draft credentials at the top here, which I usually don't anymore because I am no longer full-time in that spectrum and more full-time in the Dolphins spectrum. Um, but I had spent four and a half years with the Draft Network as their director of scouting and one of their co-founders. And uh, before that, had my own third-party scouting service and been consulting for um, smaller NFL agents looking at, at potential players that they were interested in representing and, and giving them my opinions on those players. So that's kind of a little bit of my background. I got started with that uh, in 2012, had a couple of really valuable mentors uh, who kind of got me started on, on that path and that process. But I say all that to say, we're going to go into draft prospects. And this is not just me pulling rabbits out of a hat because over at Athlon Sports, I have actually been doing player evaluations uh, since the late summer, and we've built up a pretty sizable chunk of players. I've got about 150 players written up and graded, and the objective has been to identify who are fits uh, for the Miami Dolphins for today's show. So I looked at this full list. I don't do the evals through the scope of the Dolphins, but I know what scope the Dolphins care about players. Now we're going to go through all the positions and just shout out a couple of names. Uh, that I really like, that I think would make sense for the Dolphins, depending on what their personnel decision-making process looks like, players that they're going to uh, ultimately bring back, uh, players that they're going to re-sign. That's all still very fluid. So that, because of that, we're going to kind of do everything. And, and we're just going to look position by position. But before we get there, it's worth acknowledging the week that just happened as it pertains to the Dolphins. Because we're going to talk about NFL draft prospects and look towards next April. And the Dolphins are in the midst of a season in which they're 6-3, and three, first place in the division. The Bills play tonight. We'll see what that does for the divisional standings. We had a great week. Week 10 was a great week for the Miami Dolphins. Week 10 saw the Baltimore Ravens lose in the last minute to the Cleveland Browns. Week 10 saw the Jacksonville Jaguars get absolutely smoked by the San Francisco 49ers at home. We saw the Cincinnati Bengals 
come all the way back and then lose a game to the Houston Texans to drop them to five and four. We saw the New York Jets fall on Sunday night football and fail to reach the end zone. They fell to four and five on the season in the AOC East standings. The Patriots lost on Sunday morning. A lot of good. Uh, the Chargers lost. Now, maybe you wanted the Chargers to win so that the Dolphins can point and say, oh, look, we have a win against a team with a winning record. Uh, but, but for the grand scheme of things, from a seeding perspective in the playoffs, um, the Chargers fell to four and five on the season. And the Dolphins' next opponent, the Raiders, is five and five. They are 500 at, through 10 games. And they uh, have a little bit of momentum. They've won two in a row. But it's worth acknowledging for Miami, and then Mike McDaniel comes out and says that uh, Devon A. Chan's going to have his practice window opened. It does not sound like we'll get everybody back. Mike McDaniel referred to a couple of guys as week to week, and that included Robert Hunt. Anytime you get week to week, it doesn't bode well for the week upcoming. You get Rob back for the Jets, I think you probably feel a little bit better about it. And Rob did not play against the Chiefs. Rob uh, did not play the second half of the Patriots game. So you're talking about four weeks would be the rest period to get him ready for the Jets and, and potentially Quinn Williams. So I'm, I'm hoping that's uh, something that the Dolphins can manifest because the guy you got to be worried about this week's on the edge with Max Crosby. So let's go. Position by position, uh, and we're going to do all positions. I'm not just going to be exclusive here and uh, do only positions that we regard as positions of need. I'll include quarterback, and we'll start with quarterback. Now, the Dolphins, you're not drafting a starting quarterback. You're probably looking for a day three developmental type quarterback. Um, and, of course, any proposition of adding a quarterback, it has to be right value and right value. When this team is in a competitive window, you're assuming Tua Tungvaloa is going to get a contract extension to reduce that salary cap hit, cap hit this upcoming year. I've done how many? 15, 15 quarterbacks. The vast majority of these guys, I, th I think, are largely going to be day one and day two quarterbacks. Um, some of these guys will go back to school. If I had to pick a, a player who I kind of liked in the range, which would be probably mid to late day three that I, I like, um, it would probably be Jordan Travis from Florida State. He is kind of fluid, can get off schedule. He's a winner. Uh, he's, he's been really successful with the Florida State program going back to last year. But guys like Bo Nix and Drake May and Caleb Williams, they're off the table. It's not going to happen, right? And the Dolphins have a quarterback that they're committed to in this winning window. A guy like Cam Ward, I think, would be a dream come true, but I think Cam Ward's probably going to get drafted in a stratosphere that's not going to make sense for the Miami Dolphins to commit to him. If you told me the Dolphins could come out of this draft with a bunch of extra draft picks and you wanted like a high-ceiling, long-term, turn-yourself-into-a-quarterback factory like the Philadelphia Eagles have done, where they don't shy away from taking another quarterback with a big contract on the market because they know, worst-case scenario, they can then turn around and develop that player and flip that player, or they can transition away from the big contract player. And again, this that's a whole bunch of team-building ideology that's not suggestions. Okay? So if I take the value off and I look at realistically what Miami needs, a guy like Cam Ward from Washington State, who's really creative, works with some scheme throws, spread system at Washington State, really good ball-handling skills, RPO, play-action passing, a little bit bigger than Tua is, uh, really dynamic arm, just high-variance player. That's probably the player that I would point to uh, at the quarterback position that if you didn't put it through the lens of, of value. Running backs. Uh, there's a lot of good running backs 
in this class. I've done about 15 of these guys as well. Guy I really like uh, that I don't think we're going to see is Jonathan Brooks from Texas. He tore his ACL last week, which is a big bummer. He was B. John Robinson's uh, heir at University of Texas. Uh, but it's usual names at the top of this class include like Blake Horm and Travion Henderson and Raheem Rocket Sanders. Uh, Henderson's from Ohio State. Uh, Blake Horm from Michigan's on this list. Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Trey Benson's from Florida State. I really like Bucky Irving. Bucky Irving is from the University of Oregon, and he's not the biggest player. Like he's kind of built like Miles Gaskin from a stature perspective, but he's faster and he's one of the more elusive short area running backs that I've seen in quite some time. So he's got speed to get to the edge and get outside. Oregon runs a lot of zone, but you box this guy in and the analogy is, I don't know if you've ever seen the octopus on the boat that he's crawling around on the boat deck and he finds a crack, like the size of a credit card in the side of the hull of the boat. And this big old octopus slips right through that credit card size crack in the side of the hole of the boat. And that's like trying to tackle Bucky Irvin in the back. <laughs> like the first guy never gets him down. And what I think is really interesting about the running back position is I don't think you can table any, any name and say that they're off the table for Miami because there is not like a clear cut, obvious, hierarchy like there was last year with Tamir Gibbs and B. John Robinson. Like, I don't think any of these guys are in close to that stratosphere. I have a lot of day two players at the running back position. And because of that, um, I kind of feel like Miami could get their pick of the litter if they wanted to add, like, say Raheem Mostert, who's 31 years old, 30, 31 years old, Jeff Olson. They're, they're both going to the last year of their contracts next year. And Chris Brooks has shown you some pop, but Chris Brooks is a UDFA who played in two games in garbage time. If you wanted to put somebody in to bring with Devon Achan, what kind of player would you want to bring? That's a whole different ideology, a whole bunch of questions uh, that we really can't get into now because we got a whole other bunch of positions that we need to get into here on Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Are you thinking about maybe going to the game at the Rock? Uh, the Dolphins are playing the Raiders in week 11 at home at Hard Rock Stadium. It's obviously a very uh, exciting time for Dolphins fans to get back into the swing of things. But if you're thinking about going and you're a little bit of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person, I got good news for you. Game Time has you covered. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to save you money on your tickets. But they're also the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase, even if you are buying last-minute tickets because they show you the view from your seat. They give you upfront prices so there's no hidden fees, and you can buy tickets in seconds with a few taps, and it is sent directly to your phone. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last-minute tickets. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. I do need to ask you guys a serious question. You ever have trouble performing? You ever out with your partner and feel like you can't get the job done? Does it get worse when there's lots of people around? Is it especially bad with guacamole? I'm talking about weak chips, the kinds that can't handle a hearty scoop of guac. Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips understands the pain of trying to dip with a weak tortilla chip. No one wants to go soft on the guac. Well, I got good news for you because Zach's Mighty are made the right way because they're actually cut from real tortillas. 
So they're literally built to dip. Crisp, corny, organic, these chips will take your tailgate at the rock to the next level. And Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are now available at Publix in sea salt, lime, and nacho flavors. You can find them in the deli section with the dips. Head on over to Publix, grabs a bag of Zach's Mighty, and scoop that guac like the stud that you are. We're going to move over to wide receiver, which if you're looking for a hearty scoop of a position that's eligible for this year's class on your chip, you came to the right place. The wide receiver position uh, in this year's class is absolutely crazy loaded. It is crazy loaded how many wide receivers I have evaluated that I would consider to be uh, day one or day two players. I got about 18. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. It's technically 17, 16, 16. Not a math guy, but I have my table up and I have tight ends and slot receivers in the same sheet with wide receivers. I'm just going to read you some names, okay? And some of these, they're, they're not applicable to you. So just bear with me. Marvin Harrison Jr., not applicable to you, Dolphins fans. My apologies. Uh, Emeka Abuka, Ohio State, both of those two. Those are my top two wide receivers eligible. Uh, you have Roman Wilson, University of Michigan, slot type player. Uh, you have Xavier Worthy, Texas. Brian Thomas, LSU. Malik Neighbors, LSU. Troy Franklin, Oregon, Tez Walker, North Carolina, Rome Adonze, Washington, Malachi Corley, Western Kentucky, Xavier Leggett, South Carolina, Keon Coleman, Florida State, Adani Mitchell, A.D. Mitchell, uh, University of Texas, Johnny Wilson, Florida State, Jermaine Burton, Alabama, Jalen Polk, University of Washington, Lad McConkie, University of Georgia. A lot of wide receivers. I love me some Roman Wilson. Now, are you going to draft another wide receiver with the needs that you have at uh, the offensive line and the defensive line and potentially in the secondary if you're going to transition away from some other contracts? Uh, probably not. But I think Roman Wilson is the kind of player that the Dolphins, like if you want a long-term replacement for Braxton Berrios, who I think has a higher ceiling as a football player, it's Roman Wilson. And Brax is on a one-year contract, and Roman does special team stuff and handles punts and kicks too. And he runs in the 4-3, so like he can scoot. So I love Brax. Brax just made the superlatives last week as one of the unsung heroes of this football team in the first half of the season, particularly for his work on special teams. But there's several different ways that you could choose to save money in cap space. One is to let a big name go, and the other is to let some several smaller names go. And Braxton Barris on the... The ledger is $3.5 million if you let him go and Brandon Jones go and um, one other player who I don't have a good example off the top of my head, Raekwon Davis go. You could save the same amount of money as saving a big, bigger money contract. We'll see what way the Dolphins choose to go. I think that if they're going to choose to do the, the latter of those two, they're going to need to load up on more draft picks and find them. But if they're going to do the former, then maybe you bring all those guys back. And then I, Roman Wilson would not make the most sense uh, for this football team. Uh, I will shout out one other name, and it's Xavier Leggett from South Carolina. If Mike McDaniel wants a Debo Samuel, like, like we traded for Chase Claypool, who's also in a contract year, and I'm going to be honest, like the Chase Claypool thing, it ain't working for me. It's not going particularly well. Uh, with a lot of missed blocks against the Chiefs. This is a complicated offense to step into midseason and have a really good feel for what you're doing. Uh, but the run game contributions were bad against the Chiefs. They were pretty bad. So 
Xavier Leggett is a big-bodied receiver who wins after the catch and has been clocked on GPS over 22 miles an hour. You want a Debo Samuel-type player for this offense? That's your guy. That's your guy. I haven't done a ton of tight ends, uh, but I do have a few that I like quite a bit. I'm going to read some names, and I've done a grand total of eight tight ends. So not a ton. The vast majority of them are early day three types. So Dolphins should have a healthy amount of swing in a lot of these guys. Brock Bowers, Jadavion Sanders, Ben Sinnott, uh, Brevin Spanford, Theo Johnson, Luke Lachey, Rondé Gaston, Cade Stover. Of those names, Jatavion Sanders is the most intriguing. He's from the University of Texas, but he's a passing game threat. He's not really a blocker. I admire the effort. Him as a fringe first-round grade type player. Brock Bowers would be a home run selection. I'd be very surprised if the Dolphins were in a stratosphere of the draft to sniff Brock Bowers, though. Obviously, they like what they have. Uh, you got a UDFA in Julian Hill, who's a cheap contract that's going to be here for a while because he's a six-figure annual salary rookie contract for the next few years. You get a lot of player control their next three years' worth. And you, you might pay $4 million to Julian Hill for the next three years combined. I like Ben Sinnott from Kansas State a lot. That's a multi-tool weapon. You think about what Kyle Juszczyk is in, in San Francisco. You think about what Alec Ingle can be. And obviously, they extended Alec Ingle just like they extended Durham Smythe. Do you want one more body to make sure that like you have reinforcements there? If you do, that's a name that can make some sense. Uh, Aronde Gadsden should sound familiar. Uh, Aronde Gadsden the second. Now, he had a season-ending injury earlier this year. He might just come back. He's about a 225-pound flex wide receiver, tight end, hybrid type player. Um, so I don't know how good of a fit he is, but obviously he has dad's ball skills and then hands, which is really cool. Uh, Kate Stover would be the other one that I would point to as just an absolute war daddy in the trenches. If you want an inline player who's not quite as versatile, but a guy who you'll throw the ball to 30 times all season and be totally fine with it, but it's just going to whoop butt for you up front. Cade Stover at Ohio State is pretty high up on my short list. But we'll go offensive line. We'll do interior and um, offensive tackle combined here. And here's what I can tell you. I have, I have about 24 names of offensive linemen that I have done. And of those 24 names, at tackle and interior offensive line alike, I have 13, 14, excuse me, 14 that are day one and day two prospects. So if the Dolphins are going to let somebody walk on this offensive line, Austin Jackson, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, presumably Isaiah, I would presume the left guard position is going to be wide open anyway. Would they transit financially? Does Would it make sense at any stage to transition away from Toronto Armstead? Y'all got options. Now, there'll be a run. Now, probably not with the interior guys, but from an offensive tackle perspective, you're going to get a run uh, pretty early. The good news is I have seven offensive tackles with first-round grades, and I have another one that's fringe. Olufushanu, Penn State. J.C. Latham, Alabama. Armarius Mims, Georgia. He just came back. He had tightrope surgery, the same thing that Tua had on his ankle he had uh, earlier this season. Uh, Talis Fuaga, Oregon State. Graham Barton can play all five spots on the offensive line. Duke. Uh, Jordan Morgan, University of Arizona, very reminiscent of Matthew Bergeron from last year's class. Joe Alt, Notre Dame. Uh, and Troy Fatanu, 
uh, from University of Washington. Some people think he's a guard. I think he has the movement skills to play at tackle. Those are the tackles. Guys, those guys all have first-round grades. <laughs> if you want to tackle, if you want to draft a starting tackle, you can be picking in the 20s. And you get a starting tackle. If you're going to be picking at 32, you might say, hey, we might keep the tackle and let one of the, the interior guys walk because we'll probably get our pick of the litter of the interior guys just because they don't get drafted that high. And that's guys like uh, Cooper BB, Kansas State. Don't think he's a great fit for this system. Donovan Jackson, Ohio State. Uh, I would point to some of those other offensive linemen that we mentioned already, like Graham Barton and Jordan Morgan, who have interior flexibility. Graham Barton legit can play all five spots. That's, that's super attractive for an offensive line prospect. Zach Frazier from West Virginia is a, a day, more of a day two guy, but I really, really like his game as well. So you're going to have options there on the offensive line. That's the good news. Now we are going to power through the defensive side of the ball, and that's next here on Locked on Dolphins. Stick with us. Want to make sure you get in on this NFL action for the back half of the season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. So throw five bucks on the Dolphins and the money line against the Raiders. And if they take care of business, FanDuel gives you $150 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on this action than right now because they have spreads. Player props, over unders, money line, and more. The app is super easy to use. They have all the options that you would want. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to kick off your NFL second half the right way with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Defensively, um, again, we're we're running through all positions, so I don't want anybody to walk away from this conversation feeling somewhere or another that I discussed something or did not discuss something. The edge guys, uh, I don't love the class. I'm going to be honest. I don't love the edge class. Now, do I think there's some players that would be really intriguing to fit within the Dolphins scheme? Yes, I do. Uh, JT Tui Malalu from Ohio State. Everybody was kind of hoping he would take a big leap this year. I don't think it necessarily happened unless he's playing against Penn State. Uh, Jared Verse. Is probably the consensus top guy. He has also not taken the leap that a lot of people thought. Are these guys going to be in a position to kind of linger into the late teens, early 20s, in which the Dolphins might be able to take their, the bat off their shoulder and go swing and get a guy if they feel like that, that would be, really be a needle mover for them? And you expect that um, Emmanuel Agba will be gone. You got Bradley Chubb, you got Jalen Phillips. Um, you could, there's no such thing as too many good pass rushers. You have Andrew Van Kugel. That's another good example of a contract that maybe you don't bring back if you're going to opt to um, seed the depth of the team. But again, if you do that, then then you're going to have to really pool some, some extra draft capital to really restock the well, if you will. Uh, I like Leia Tulatu from UCLA. Uh, the problem is there's some big-time medical flags there. And... Um, if you don't pass the medical component, then you're just going to be off the board. And I would not be surprised if based off the, the tape, he's the top edge guy drafted. It's kind of the same conversation around Jalen Phillips, also from UCLA, and then transferred to Miami. Uh, so uh, Latu's a good player. He's just got medicals that I don't think the Dolphins can afford to risk, at least not in the early chapters. Uh, Chop Robinson, Penn State. I like Landon Jackson from Arkansas. He's a 
oddly, he's built like Emmanuel Agba, really like really long arms, really stout frame, uh, surprising flexibility. Uh, I think Agba coming back off of the injury has just not had the same pop to him, I guess. And obviously his injury was an upper body injury. So I don't, I don't think that that's a, a limiting factor. Now, if you wanted to replace Andrew Van Ginkle with a draft pick, I do have a mid round guy that, that has caught my attention. And it's Jonah Ellis from university, of Utah, a little bit more of an undersized player, uh, energizer bunny type player, just like Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, I think he, he really brings some appeal. If I were to look to the interior defensive line, this is a spot where you need some bodies. We're going to need some reinforcements here. Uh, Johnny Newton from Illinois is the top consensus player. Uh, he's played out of his mind. He's going to be top 10 pick, I think. Uh, I really liked the traits of Leonard Taylor from University of Miami that has not come together, which leaves the next name on the list for me is Tavondre Sweat from University of Texas. If you wanted to pick Tavondre Sweat, you could probably get it in the back half of the, you know, the, the first 20 picks of the second round. He's a 340, 350, 360-pound nose tackle that's got a little bit of early down juice to him. I think he's probably a little bit of a better pass rusher than Raekwon Davis. He anchors better than Raekwon Davis. Um, but he's a nose tackle. Like, what's the value of that? If you want depth and flights and and personnel flexibility for Vic Fangio, replacing Raekwon Davis with a nose tackle that plays like a true nose tackle because uh, I do think Raekwon still is just a little bit in between the two, between a, a typical interior defensive lineman and a nose tackle. That's a name that pops to me a bit. I, I like Chris Jenkins from Chris Jenkins Jr. from University of Michigan. I just don't love him in the stratosphere where he is talked about at times as a potential first round draft selection on the Bruce Feldman's freaks list. I've not done a ton of linebackers, but if you're going to transition away from Jerome Baker, and obviously that's a, a big chopping block name for a lot of Dolphins fans, and understandably so. His salary's significant. A couple of guys that I like, um, one of which is a big-time medical threat, uh, but might be the best tape that we have all season, and it's Peyton Wilson from North Carolina State. Peyton Wilson has uh, the exact same tape with a better with better range than Jack Campbell, who went in the top 20 of the Detroit Lions last year. But unlike Jack Campbell, who left early in University of Iowa, this is a sixth-year senior that's had multiple season-ending knee injuries and multiple season-ending shoulder surgeries. It's not ideal. So how do you transpose first-round tape, top 20 tape, with, honestly, UDFA medicals? There's a juncture where it makes sense and the risk is worth the reward. But if you do that, please, Miami, have a backup veteran already on the roster. Do not put all your eggs in that basket. And unfortunately, I don't know how much we're going to be able to be banking on Channing Tindall to be that guy for us. He just has, it has not manifested yet. At cornerback... Uh, I have really found myself taken to Terry on Arnold as the quote unquote other Alabama guy. And it's funny. I, I did the consensus media top Alabama corner, uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry. I did him. I have, I have the dates here on July 25th. I did his write up. 
obviously been keeping tabs. I did Terry on Arnold's yesterday. Arnold's a better player. It's not close. So Arnold, Kalen King from Penn State, Cooper Dijon from University of Iowa. Those are kind of my upper class. Uh, McKinstry's in the next class down along with Denzel Burke from Ohio State. Josh Newton from TCU. TJ Tampa's a big, long physical player from Iowa State. Uh, Kamari Lassiter from University of Georgia. Quinion Mitchell from Toledo. That's a, a really intriguing day two type player as well. Smaller school player, but very, very, very productive. Outstanding ball skills. There's a lot of options here. What does the future hold for Xavier Howard? Big contract. You could transition away from post June 1st. Do you want to do that? Do you want to swing the other way and make a longer commitment to him, knowing that it's going to bite you at some point? You're going to have to transition away from it and restructure him to get more cap room for this upcoming year. Conversations for another day. The point is there's a lot of body types and a lot of players that I like at the cornerback position. Uh, and then safety. I've got three names, four names that I like. And you've got Deshaun Elliott's aspiring contract. We don't know what his long-term prognosis is with the Dolphins. Cam Kinchins, University of Miami. True free center, center field free safety type player. I think he's going to be the best safety when I don't put them through the lens of scheme. If I had to pick who I think the best safety is for the Dolphins, it's Tyler Newbin from Minnesota. Because I think he complements Javon Holland very, very, very well. Uh, Cole Bishop from University of Utah. Uh, rangy, tackle magnet type player, kind of like what Deshaun Elliott is for the Dolphins now. And then Javon Bullard, who's a smaller player, um, is the other safety that I like. He's at the University of Georgia. So that's a whole slew of names. Just kind of threw them at you, and I apologize for doing so, but I want to put it on your radars, uh, where we feel kind of the early strengths and weaknesses are of this draft class relative to uh, Miami's needs and the intersection there. And then we'll start getting a better idea as we get later into the calendar where the intersection is for need availability at that stage in the draft and go from there. But we made good use of the bye week, had a chance to talk a little NFL draft. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you for checking out the show. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host here on Lockdown Dolphins. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Fins up, make it a great rest of your day. I'm out of here. Peace.